Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favourite podcast, Where Are You Actually From? I'm your host, Alexander, and today we are joined by my very good friend, Emily. Hello, hello. Hello, Emily. Thank you for joining us. Um, I know you're very busy. Very excited to be here, though. Well, well, I'm, I'm flattered, but we're, we're all... We've been all... talking about this for a very long time. This is a long time coming. Yeah. It's been postponed and postponed and postponed. But you're here now. Partially my fault, I will say. I'm... J- I'm going to say entirely her fault. <laughs> I'm not, not partially. But you're here. Okay, then. We'll fine. move past it. it. We, we move could, past. Yeah. We're here now. So we are going to be finding all about you today. We're going to be finding out where you're from, where you're actually from, etc. But why don't you just give us a brief overview to who you are? What do you study? You know. So um, I do biology and anthropology. Alex and I do biology together. Well, kind of not because we do very different modules, but I do biology and anthropology. And um, what are my hobbies? I play rugby with Dana, who was on the show last week. They've just won the league. Yeah, we did. We just won on the weekend, which is really exciting. We've got the floodlit coming up. But I joined rugby this year, and it's never really been the sport I've played. I've always played netball because I'm quite tall. Um, but rugby is now my passion. It's, I love it. And, and so the girls fun. are just so crazy yeah, and so fun. They are great. It's a great group of it's girls. It's crazy that last year you just were not involved in this at all, not all of a sudden. Now I've just got this whole it. new group of friends as well. It's great. Love it. 10 out of 10 recommend starting something rogue in your third year. Or, well, because we didn't get that opportunity because of COVID. That's so, true. But maybe if you actually had a first year, which Alex and I didn't, then maybe you wouldn't have to resort to weird things to do in your third year. But but moral of the story, try something new, new. while you're at uni. 100%. I think if I had the opportunity in first year, I would have done fencing. Ooh. I would have definitely gone for I've fencing. I've not met many people doing fencing, but it's Me quite neither. big. At, well, but I don't know. They've got I've big walked past the... Uh, practice studio it's huge it's huge and they're really good they are cool anyway let's get back down oh, you to want business. to know something this is very right oh proceed but my parents always thought i should do um, modern pentathlon which is fencing horse riding swimming running and shooting because obviously oh my lord i used to love horse riding i used to do running and i used to be at, this is rogue but i used to be quite good at swimming i guess because i'm quite long yes, you got a but, good wingspan yeah 100% but I, I just really hated swimming so much yeah. it's like probably my least favourite sport really so just out of all those five what would you be best at and worst at well I haven't tried shooting yet but I want to mm. say that would be quite fun that would be fun and then fencing I don't know I just think the thing is about fencing is you're holding a sword the last thing I want to be is precise and sort of accurate I just want to sort of swing it around you're just going to you'd probably knock them out yeah. <laughs> rather than like actually precisely exactly. get them um, anyway, but yeah, anyway, let's get back down to business. Do you mind answering a couple of questions before we start? Absolutely. The I most important them. questions of the show. So Emily, where are you from? I'm mostly from England. And where are you actually from? Definitely from England. Wow. Wow, that is a very ambiguous answer, but we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll definitely delve into it. So firstly, why don't you give us a brief overview of your life up to this moment? Like where have you yeah. lived? What's, what's been your background? So both my parents are completely English. My whole family is fully English. One hundred percent, ethnically much English. One hundred percent, as far as I know. Not that I've ever looked into our ancestry much, but I think we're pretty much one hundred percent English. Nice. Um, and for a multitude of reasons, but mostly because of my dad's job. Uh, I was born in the UK, but then I moved to Strasbourg when I was five months old, and we lived in Strasbourg for about a year and a half. Nice. And then we moved back to the UK. And then um, my dad got a job at Nestle, which obviously the headquarters are in Switzerland. They are indeed. So when I was three years old, I moved to Switzerland. Um, and I lived in Switzerland for most of my childhood until I was 11. 
And then uh, da- Dad's job took us elsewhere again to Prague. And wow. this is where I spent my teen years, very fond of Prague. It has a special place in my heart. Does it? I just, I feel like that's the best memories I have. And I think when I'm, when you really think about your youngest years, you don't have many memories. Like I definitely have a lot of nostalgic feelings about Switzerland and I, I did live there until I was 11. So it's not like I can't remember living there, but it's just, you know, I don't really remember four years old, five years old. No, you very wouldn't. Well. No. You know, it's just more a feeling of Switzerland mm. being always like the place I've grown up but Prague being the place where I like have made my first close friends and like really had formative experiences if well, that makes that's sense. the exact same that if we're drawing parallels that's the same for me like I spent the first 10 years of my life in London yeah and then four years going to school in Singapore right and that those four years in Singapore were like very memorable and cherished whereas the 10 years in London I remember the feeling of being in London but yeah. I'm not really in touch with any of my primary school 100%. friends and stuff that's so. what I'm like. We have a similar parallel there where it's like, so I live in Switzerland now and Alex does too. Uh, yeah. And um, we both, well, for, for different reasons, but for me, I don't have that many friends from there um, because I obviously left when I was 11 and I don't feel like it's very easy to rekindle friendships with people. Because long story short, I haven't finished off my story, but I moved to Prague and then my parents had to go back to Switzerland and it was during my IB uh, so I had a kind of decision before I started my IB as to whether or not I wanted to potentially move back to Switzerland with my parents in the middle of my like last two years of school or go to boarding school. So I went to boarding school in the UK when I was 16 until you know 2020 when I graduated. So um, so it went, yeah. born in London, had a little stint in Strasbourg, back to the UK... Then Switzerland. Switzerland for how long? What was that? That was three to seven, 11, and, a half seven years. and a half years. Prague for four and a half, four years. And a half years, and then sick form in two years in born school in England, Sussex. Yeah, in good old Sussex. Yeah, in a place which s- funny story, but Alex and I nearly met before it, we came crazy to Crazy story. I had while, while I was living in Singapore. It was. It ended up being between two, and I was gonna choose where Emily went, went and then there. I just had a gut feeling, which took me to Haleybury. But which, imagine if we were at the same school. I think it would have been so fun. I I just wanted to picture myself when I was sixteen. What would it would have been like to like meet you, and would we have been friends? But that's that's we we've I'm had like, this conversation. I don't think like weird. I'm a very different person to who I was when I was me in school. Hundred percent. And for the better, I've changed oh, for yeah. the better. Thank God. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't know I want to say we would have been friends but then uh, I honestly don't know if we did the same stuff but then you were like involved in a lot I imagine this is one thing I experienced was like there's a lot of doors opened at these schools where like they you can go into art and also do sport and be focused on academics and like do a lot across the board and I think maybe that means we might have met at some point. At some doing point, we were across paths. Did you do any drama while while, while you were at school? No, Ooh. but I did do art. No, art. That's not your thing. No, I did go to a few like exhibitions. You know where we would have met doing stuff like this is going to sound so funny, but like leadership stuff and like yeah. trying to get stuff for our CV. Yeah, we, our paths would have crossed somehow M-U-N. or other. Yeah, I did. Yeah, M-U-N. I did MUN. I go. did MUN for I a bit. I did debating and all of that. And then, debating, I did. And then like. Yeah. Were you a prefect? I was a prefect. What prefect you were, were you? head boy, weren't I you? was head boy. I was oh, top dog. Yeah. Of course you was. What of were you? Was. I was advocacy and charity. They gave oh, me nice. two. 
Because you're capable. Because I'm capable, no. For those of you listening, Emily is is one of the most capable people I know. She's very intelligent. I don't feel very capable at the moment. Well, aside from the breakdown (laughs) this morning, which we're just going to move past. Which we both went through. Which I also had one, but that was later in the the afternoon. But um, we're we're fine now. We're here today. Yeah, feeling better. So, um... Obviously, Strasbourg, you won't remember much, and that was only for a year. No. But I th- so I think the let, let's talk about Prague because that's yeah. I've I've never met anyone who's lived in Prague. Um, but you say that you've had your most like memorable moments there, and yeah. m- still one of your best friends today. My best friend is um, from Prague. Is from that you met in Prague. So yeah. what was what was it like as an expatriate in Prague? Did you feel like an expat, or did you immerse yourself in the culture? What was it like living there? You know, I think because I was of an age where I didn't really think about those distinctions. If mm. if I had been my parents, I probably would have um, noticed that there there are clear distinctions in like also where you live in Prague. Like there's neighborhoods which are exclusively like known for being expat places. Um, and then I probably would have sensed that difference more, but, but it wasn't really something on my mind. So in hindsight, I think Prague is like a very uh, accepting place for like international people. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people visit um, sort of Central and Eastern Europe that much, but these cities are beautiful and they're like, yeah, they've got so many opportunities and things to see I'm really grateful I grew up there it's a really beautiful city and it's really safe as well so I was obviously like 11 to around 15 so it was like the years where you kind of are sort of growing away from your parents and like experiencing new things and you want to like you want to be in a safe environment yeah so I can imagine for my parents they were very grateful that they had chosen a city that actually is it's quite safe it's got great public transport really and it's so cheap so if you're a student go to Prague I know we know actually the rugby team that I'm on oh, went yeah. to Prague on their tour do they so like it is a great place for students it's cheap it's got great bars and stuff it's it's brilliant yeah I, I, I hear these amazing things the only time I really hear of people going is during yeah. an interrailing trip yeah because it's a convenient place to go really like it's kind of along the way if you're going through Germany and then like sort of going to Poland and then maybe go down to Hungary and stuff. You can go through Prague and it's ideal. But, but yeah. yeah, I've never heard of anyone going just to see Prague, to see the, the Czech Republic. No, I, I can understand only because as a country, and I don't know this is the best thing to say, but like the rest of the country is very much so. You can see the stark difference between Prague really? and other cities in Czech Republic. They're very Czech. A mm. lot of people don't speak English once you leave Prague. And really, it's quite a stark difference you know you drive what like 10 miles or something and it's a noticeable shift to like countryside rapidly so unlike london that kind of is sprawling with Mm -hmm. the suburbia like in prague i would say it's quite distinct so we lived in this small um like village called statenice um (laughs) and it was like on the outskirts of prague it was in what was called prague like just on the edge of prague six so prague is like numbered and um like the Hunger Games, like District Six. Yeah, sure. yeah <laughs> literally. And um, basically, we lived there, and it did not feel like you were in a city. Like it was rural, and you could walk our dog Monty and Maggie uh, just literally straight into a bunch of hills and forests. Like, and that was just outside of the it city. Was mi- like maximum twenty minute drive to the center. You know what? I don't know what because obviously you live in Lausanne yeah. now, which is in Switzerland, and well, I live actually in sort of up the hill from well, there. Well, very much so in the cows like really with the cows with the farms where I live in Switzerland now is it Vevey? no it's no. Montpellier which is ah. above Vevey 
Ah, so it goes Lausanne, Vevey. No, so sorry. I, so basically, you know, the lake me. goes all the way along. Yeah. So Geneva along to Lausanne, along further to Vevey. Okay. And then you up a funiculaire, and, and that's to Montpellier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, because you are just in. There's like a hotel nearby you. Yeah. Which is where you always use. She says she's at the gym, but I when I stalk gym. her on Snap Maps, she, it's, she's at the spa. <laughs> okay. And knowing and Emily, I know that the spa is right down her street. <laughs> so. No, no, the gym is in the same place as the spa. Yes, but you're talking about like literally a very rural area, and it's the only hotel with a gym within several kilometers, and I can't <laughs> drive, so I. Ah, yes, of course. And then if you need to. So I take. I take the electric bike and I just go down to the gym oh, nice. and Alex sends me a message saying, why are you in a hotel in the spa? What is going on? It's a <laughs> random day in August. Yeah. What was I saying? Yeah, outside of, I mean, you do live, I suppose, in the countryside, but in Geneva, for example, it's a big city. Yeah. Obviously, there are no skyscrapers, but it's like, it's built up. It it's is, a, It's yeah. a populated city. But then it's so, once you leave the city, you are very much in the countryside. Like the neighboring um, counties around Geneva are all just fields farmland and farmland. Well. Yeah. And you've got vineyards, you got, I actually don't know what they grow, but you know, just big <laughs> crops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just outside the city. And that's what I really like about living in Switzerland is that. Um, well, you get the best of both worlds. You get the best of both worlds. And yeah, that's what you got it a nice felt city like in Prague. Like, definitely not nearly as striking as Switzerland. I, I would say I'm very lucky. We're, we're very lucky to live in a place with that kind of scenery. Like it's yeah. sort of for most people, I'd say a once in a lifetime thing to visit mm-hmm. a country with the kind of scenery that you get in Switzerland. Uh, I take it for granted every day. Well, it's that kind of thing where you almost like take a step back and you're like, oh my lord, like Look what around. the mountains that you see in the distance, it's like a the Alps. It's a postcard. It's a postcard. It's like people like. I, what before I lived there, I remember going on holiday there and being like, "Oh my lord, it's yeah. beautiful!" And yeah. even like going into the city of Geneva and being like, "These buildings, like they're not. It's not a built-up city. There aren't skyscrapers." And I think that's done on purpose to preserve the beauty of that, the landscape. I can guarantee that Swiss have about sixteen different laws about the height of those buildings. Oh I lord. bet you, like oh, knowing sure. them, there's gonna be some law. The amount of regulations. If you have an antenna that goes over the certain meter. Arrested. You would be fined. <laughs> you know how Probably. many Swiss francs. But yeah, no, it's very true. Like the whole of Switzerland, I just feel like it's a beautiful place, and it's somewhere that like most people will put on their bucket list. And I just hear people who visit, and they're like, Emily, you. You genuinely never talk about what it looks like from your back garden, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I try to take sort yeah. of a moment when I. But it's nice because now I live here in Durham, and I go back to, to the UK. You see the stark difference. And, <laughs> no, I don't necessarily see the stark difference. I just think you appreciate both yeah. more because you get that opportunity to go back home, and that's why I am very apprehensive about my parents choosing to come back to the UK because that's they think Is that the plan? it's going to be where they're going to retire. Really? Yeah. After spending so long abroad? Yeah, but surprisingly, it was brought up over Christmas that my mum doesn't know if that's what she wants anymore. Oh? Yeah. Oh, a little plot twist? Yeah, a little plot twist. And it's interesting because, so my brother has, um, I would say when we were in Prague, he was the one who had the fondest memories or would talk about Switzerland way more than me because... So he's how many years older than you? He's two years older than me. Okay. So I think he was in, in Prague until he was 13, uh, sorry, in Switzerland until he was 13. And so he probably got those extra few years and he still has friends from Switzerland now that he kind of rekindled friendships with. Um, But with me, like I didn't really reflect back on Switzerland that fondly Mm. until, and maybe this is a multitude of factors, but until I went to 
boarding school and my parents moved back to Switzerland, which meant that whenever I had holidays during boarding school, I'd go back to yeah. Switzerland. I never really thought about how nostalgic and how powerful that specific house is for me. Mm. Like I've always said home is wherever my parents are. Yeah. But now if I envision my parents leaving to go live in the UK, I would still You'd say miss. Switzerland has this like feeling of home. Yeah. More than anywhere, more than Prague perhaps. Like I haven't been back to Prague in a long time, but something about Switzerland has just got a lot of emotional attachment to it. Yeah. Um so thinking about my mum and my dad thinking of moving and retiring elsewhere has always been like for me now I've really been sort of against it for that reason that I have a stronger attachment whereas my brother has thought I think about it in a more pragmatic way which is that my parents don't really have necessarily a community in Switzerland mm. mostly because and I know this is probably a stereotype but Swiss people are generally not so accepting of expats they're not um, and that, that's actually quite something I found quite surprising right because it's there. quite multicultural because you it's know very there's a lot of banks and a lot of like it's UN organisations it's a bit like Qatar and it's like, it's like a stop spot it's a stop off yeah. point for lots of people so there's right. always it's like a transit city there's yeah. always lots of people there so that, you'd in essence, might cause the, the... It's kind of a dual, a double-edged sword, right? Like, yeah. you can either cause people to be really accepting because they're used to the multiculturalism, or it's, like, the other way, and people react poorly because they're like, this is my country. Mm. So I do kind of think my parents have experienced that quite strongly um, in this idea of even if they speak French and my dad's pretty integrated at work and they have made a lot more friends now... I'd still say they are looked at like you are a foreigner, despite the fact they've lived there for now 12 years. Yeah, um, and that is really interesting. Yeah, so they, the, the reason I think that pulls them back to the UK is this, this need for them when they grow old to have a community, to have a support mm-hmm. system, to have a network of people, and especially because my mum wants to continue coaching and doing work perhaps in like schools, and my dad wants a cricket club and he loves rugby. Like The one criteria my dad has always given for where they want to choose their house is that he needs to be in driving distance of Bath Stadium so because his his rugby team is Bath. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a rugby he's a rugby man. He is a rugby man. Which is why you playing rugby is actually not that big of a surprise. It's no, in, it's I in, guess it's you're in right. your genes. No, I would say yeah, I mean I've kind of grown up with it in the back garden. I've always played rugby with my brother, so. He played I mean your dad played against the England squad yeah, when he England was at university. Yeah, the under 21s. The under 21s he played and beat them. No, they lost. Oh, they lost. Because he was at Loughborough, Loughborough University. He was at Loughborough and he played in the firsts. And, well, he was telling us this story because he came really recently. But as it turns out, they lost against the England under-21s in what I imagine was their biggest match of the year, like the big event. And he said that it was because um, they didn't, I think it was their fly half or something, got injured and Mm. he had to take that position. So yeah, damn. I anyway. mean, quite a big claim to fame. Yeah, and, and he played against some some now legends. Yeah, right? Martin Johnson. Martin Johnson. Yeah. Wow, big name. I know. I know. I mean, because I know, and I don't. I, I think it's almost, and I don't know what what what's more normal for British people who live abroad. Whether it's more normal to live abroad um, when you're younger and then retire and move back home to England, yeah. or to do the opposite and move oh, yeah. and retire abroad because I just yeah. know in Spain for example there's a huge British expat community and my Nana's um, current um, boyfriend Ted yeah. um, <laughs> he for example they because funny story I mean that that could go could go right an entire 
bloody love story about, <laughs> about my, my grandma's life. But anyway, so she met Ted when she was 16, when she was younger, and they went out oh, when they were wow. younger. Then my grandma, you know, went to Lebanon, met my granddad, oh, moved yeah. to Nigeria, and she sold the restaurant in Nigeria, and now she's come back, she lives in Barnsley, and now she's retired, yeah. and she lives there. And Ted uh, was in Barnsley, and then he moved to Spain as a car dealer, had a oh, car gosh. dealership for years in Spain, and then did the same thing, retired back to Barnsley. Barnsley. And they both saw each other across <gasps> the shopping counter in Aldi, and Ted looked across yeah. and he was like, Anne Nassau, oh no, Anne Dooley, because obviously he didn't know her married name. Yeah. So he calls her by her maiden name, Anne Dooley. And she's like, oh my Lord, Ted. Oh my. And they just this met. This is a movie. And they went for a coffee and that, that was like four years ago. And they're, they're just, wow. they've been together ever since. That's such a beautiful story. Crazy. Genuinely, that's like from a book. That genuinely, I think I could probably write a play about that. Yeah, you should. Me you starring should. as Anne. And I will be the main character. <laughs> but you will be your grandma. I will, yes. Reborn. Keep it in the family. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so Ted lived in Spain and my grandma lived in Nigeria for their entire lives and yeah. then retired back Retired home. back, yeah. So it's similar to what your parents are thinking of doing. Yeah. Um, but but it's interesting that you mentioned the other option, which is people re- are like retiring mm. abroad, because this is one of my big brother's biggest pet peeves, and I can kind of get where he comes from. It's his issue with the English and their obsession with holidays. Um, interesting. Their obsession with getting out of England. So I can understand that, you know, the UK in the winter is genuinely depressing. quite depressing. Sad. But it's, miserable. I think it's scary how we associate all our happiness to oh my gosh I need my two weeks in Spain every year to get sun or else I will never be happy again it's like Mm. wait a second reassess because I think in Covid with this whole staycation thing people took a second to reassess that the UK has a lovely a a lot of beautiful places to visit oh yeah that's true and I just I, I don't know I think I agree with where he's coming from but I guess when it comes to retirement, it's a really different perspective where you're like, where do you want to spend your last years? That's really depressing, but the truth, you know, where do you want to like experience your last few years on earth? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a yeah. it's a valid thing to think about. Yeah. You know, where do you want to be for to energy yeah. to finish your your career on this planet? You know. Your, your career, career as an individual human being. Sure, if we think it's a career, that's quite a depressing thought. Well, like, like life is a career. Well, that's your, as in, that, that's your, <laughs> well, you, your, your, I don't know, your existence. Okay, Your existence yeah. as an individual human. Yeah. Where do you want to do it? Yeah, um, but I think the thing about moving abroad is, like, you literally, you've lost all your support system, right? And, like, that, at the um, end of the day, yeah. you can't forget the fact that you will become frail physically and mentally. So, mm-hmm. you, I, 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 can, I can understand why my parents are thinking pragmatically about it. Yeah, because I, I feel like we're, me and you are in similar boats in terms of friends, because I have my friends from, like I said, I'm not really in touch with my friends from London, from primary yeah. school. So I've got my friends from Singapore, mm. friends from boarding school, yeah, which was in England, but lots of those friends are interna- were international students, right. so they live in America, Italy, China, mm. Australia. Um, and then now I'm at uni and I've met all these other international students and more yeah. English students. So it's like my friends are kind of dotted around the world. And it, it's it's amazing to yeah. be um, to be introduced to such a wide variety of people. Some people will Cultures. never meet people outside their own village, their 100%. own town or area of the city. 
so I'm super lucky in that aspect but also it's it's kind of annoying because like <laughs> I can't go home and be like and oh all my friends are there the and it's, it's, a bit, it's such a faff to get I, everyone together and or to even meet up with one person yeah like I don't know like a lot of people will be like oh my summer's back home they're always with my summer like my, yeah. my home friends but I literally have never had that like, no I no. can't remember a time when I'd go home for summer whether that be from boarding school or like where else I don't know from pra- from from Durham and like have a group of friends who I like see as my summer friends. I've just never yeah. had that. I don't it's know always been it's always been like who am I who, who who do I want to invite to come visit to come me? To me yeah. And then I might when am I going to visit them and their family? Definitely. And it's like and and because of this, my parents have never and this is something which I I always get quite upset about is that my parents they are now I'm more mature and I can do it more, but they've never really known my friends because it's yeah. not like I can they can just like I'll oh, come over for the weekend. Because no, I lived three thousand miles away across the world <laughs> in fucking Asia. So I, c- I couldn't. Wasn't, so my friends from boarding school, my lot, my parents didn't really meet. Yeah. Um, and now we're in Europe, um, and and I've got more, more, got a more mature, and I'm people can we can we're all adults. Yeah. They've come we to can visit. Fly we listen. can fly. We can book our own tickets. We can pay for yeah. it. So still, it's better. But still, limits you quite a bit though. It does compared massively. Compared to you know two hour drive down to whatever Manchester. If you yeah. all live in similar take the train to, the UK, to Devon or something. Yeah. It kind of does restrict your ability to see your friends outside of whether that be uni or school for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, super lucky to have travelled. Yeah. And to have lived abroad. And I don't. I wouldn't change it for no, the world because I love my neither. upbringing. Me neither. But it does come with its um with its downfalls but it's e- interesting how you say you feel like home is now Switzerland is that that house in Mont- in Montpellier yeah I mean well listen so I'll always say that like if my parents were to move and they were in Dorset like I, I do really still believe that wherever my parents are I will call home of course but I just mean that there's such a strong attachment to that house now um, that the the vision of them selling it is kind of daunting but like then equally, and this is going to sound very odd, but there's it. a ski resort that I've been going to. For, so the one thing that has stayed stable physically place-wise yeah. is this one ski resort mm-hmm. in Switzerland that I've been to for, I can't even count the number of years now. Like basically since I was three, right? Okay. So however many years that is. A very long 17. time. I've definitely skipped a few years in between for a variety of reasons, but the point is, is we've always just had this one ski resort, and it is the most nostalgic place. Like, it so is the that, place where... That has been the main has constant. Been the constant place. Whether it's you're in so Prague, odd, Switzerland, England, yeah. Strasbourg, yeah. you've always, we've every year, always gone to this place. gone to Switzerland to ski in that one place, and it has so many memories attached to it, and I feel like I kind of can track me growing up through through that. Through, through that and so my parents really have also considered selling the house in Montpellier and then getting a place in Zermatt which by the way is ridiculously expensive well, it's yeah. a ski resort in Switzerland what do you expect but it's it, it that would be an interesting one my brother loves that he's like yes but that's from an investment perspective because he's like getting a house uh, getting a flat in, in a ski resort you can then use that yeah, rent it out later on in his life yeah. you know and whereas for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, like from an emotional perspective, that's how I'm viewing it. I say, I can understand why us moving to, or us getting a place in Zermatt would still carry that emotional attachment because it's still Switzerland and it's still this place that's been constant in my life. But Montpellier, the house itself is where I grew up and it's now where I've associated with rest and like, I don't know, just rekindling and being with family and like wholesome moments. Basically, when you're in boarding school, like your home is so like, 
precious in a way yeah. especially when you're an international student yeah. more than anything because if you're a, a UK student that goes to boarding school, and I, I don't know for certain because I've never been that, but I can imagine that home is special because you, can, you can't go home when you're at boarding school, but it's different because you don't have to physically fly elsewhere. Mm. Whereas this you're, feeling of like detachment yeah. you get from leaving school or leaving university, getting on a plane, going to another place and then getting home and just decompressing, like it really makes mm. that place be really important you know it is true and like during school I always felt um, it was quite hard like if I was having a really terrible time which happens in during school of course and where and, and my friend who lived an hour away was having a really hard time his parents could just kind of pick him up and take him home for a few days and I just I kind of didn't have that option yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah it is it is true home is so precious and you do yeah. I did really cherish my time um, at home and honestly it's not like I, I did not grow apart from my family at all while being at boarding school because that was my biggest fear I think we have the same sort of uh, experience on this too yeah. with boarding school because I didn't go to boarding school because I didn't like my parents and I know that's oh, no. completely a stereotype I would tell you that 85-90% of people who go to boarding school have absolutely no animosity towards their parents. Yeah, I, the amount of people I know who genuinely chat shit about their parents, I'm like, do you seriously? Really? Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, uh, how... I mean, everyone has their reasons, and of course, yeah, yeah. we're lucky to have good relationships with our parents, but and when, when I told my... When my parents told my dad's side of the family, who are all, like, Lebanese, French, um, mm. that I was going to boarding school, their mm. first response was... Oh my god! What's get off here. Yeah, what's what he did done? he do? Yeah, <laughs> oh my god! Like, cause they see it as a disciplinary thing. Exactly the same. Whereas, as Switzerland, I yeah. mean, it's really stark. And so, it's, I will say the thing with Switzerland is that these, I feel like a lot of them are places. Uh, the, the boarding schools in Switzerland are explicitly known for having a lot of trouble kids be sent there. Mm. So I don't know, but in in the UK, I honestly believe like it's a big stigma when you hear someone has been to the boarding school. And I honestly believed this before I went there. I was like. Obviously, it's only people who, like, have had a really bad relationship with their parents growing up and their parents, like, it's better for you to grow up away from us, right? I can understand why you would do that as well. Yeah. But from my perspective, I went, I, probably the major reason that I found boarding school was so difficult was I was so homesick. Yeah. And I went when I was, what, 16, and it was just such a stark contrast to being at home you know so like I and a lot of people probably had like an inkling of the fact that oh like my brother went to boarding school at 14 so I'll also go to boarding school at 14 it's like they were they knew they were set up for it like I know a lot of families have done the same with all three kids or however many kids like they've always sent them to boarding school to go and do their GCSEs and IB and so then it's it's like a kind of pattern that you're set up to to expect but with me it was like out of the blue like kind of randomly my dad was like called back to Switzerland it was, and it was because of your, your parents were moving right yeah. multitude of factors led me to be like okay I'll just go to the UK and and pick Darling Lie whatever and then yeah my experience was really just I mean it's funny because my mum actually ended up coming over so often the amount of Airbnbs in Sussex <laughs> I think we've sampled like you've done them all <laughs> your Airbnb's <laughs> most valued customer for yeah. Sussex <laughs> it's Megan Whittingham <laughs> um, but because I just yeah I used to get quite sad but um on the whole, I yeah, I always tell you that I hated boarding school. Yeah. But I, I think that's such a simplified answer because I did not complex. hate boarding school. If I, it's just that thirty percent of the time, which was bad, tainted the seventy percent of time mm. that I really enjoyed. It's hard to 
forget the bad times. Yeah. It's, it's really just hard. the human experience, I think. We like to like try to sort of look back in hindsight and then sort of synthesize everything and give a very simple explanation. It's like, no, that's not what it was. In the moment, like I op- there were so many doors opened and I did make some great friends and I had like a great time. I literally would not change it for the world. I grew up as a person so much in boarding school. Yeah. It's just a few moments that like really affected it. But uh, on the whole, like I honestly really believe it was good. But that's a privileged thing to say because like obviously not many people ever can have that experience. So I'm very very lucky that my parents could send me to boarding school. Yeah. No, it was it definitely is. Right, Emily, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap up. How long was that? We're at 32 minutes. Oh, you are the longest episode so far, but don't worry. It, I feel like it, we could chat forever, though. We could. There's so much more stuff I want to ask you, but um, I just, yeah. We well, have maybe, to wrap maybe it up. part two. Maybe part we'll, we'll two. get you on in a few more weeks. Um, but Are my you final ready que- for that? My final question for you is at the beginning of the episode, you said that, you know, you're mostly, you're from England, like heritage, yeah. ethnically and you still feel like you're from England. Yeah. But then throughout this episode, you mentioned that you feel at, at that home for you is at that house in Montpellier in Switzerland. Yeah. My question, my final question to you is that emotionally, where do you, where do you feel you're from? And don't, there's no pressure to, ask, to answer anything. It can still be the first answer, but where emotionally do you feel like you are from? What, where? It doesn't have to be a country, but um, where? Like, I just... Uh. It's really hard because, like, when you ask that question, my immediately, like, I immediately think you're asking me what my like nationality and where I feel most associated to, and that will always be England because, mm. like, not to be like cringy, but like that is my country. Like, I, I'll always <laughs> support, like, in every other way. Like, I'll always support England and culturally, I'd say I'm very English, but yeah. I'm also like. Uh, like a mixture of places that I've grown up in at the end of the day I've been so influenced by all of those cultures all of the friends I've met along the way who are from different cultures and different backgrounds so now I honestly post discussion that we've just had (laughs) I would say like emotionally I'm most attached to Switzerland but I would never answer that question with Switzerland purely because I'd feel like if someone sat next to me was Swiss I can't say I'm from Switzerland. Well, you get that feeling of imposter syndrome almost. Yeah. Almost. almost weirdly, like where you're like, I, te- I I have a British passport, I'm so English. Yeah. I can't say I'm Swiss. Like, But, you know, it's, it's, you've lived there for 12 years of your life. And like, that's a, that's, a, that's a long time. It's, it's almost, how can you not have an attachment to that place? Yeah. But you're saying to a stranger at a party, you've never introduced yourself as a Swiss person. I would never say I'm Swiss. Interesting. Yeah. Well... Thank you very much for coming on the show today, Emily. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'd love to have you back for a part two because there are so many points which I'm sure the so listeners, many. I'm sure the listeners would want to hear about about cultural aspects and how you've been affected by all these countries. But it'll have to be a part two, I'm afraid. I'm so down for that. Thank you very, very much. Excited. Thank you, Alex. Thank you to all you listeners. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. Follow the follow the podcast at Where You Actually From on Instagram to see updates about when the next episodes are coming out. I will see you next week for our next guest. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.